You're now tuning in to a Sports Talk Podcast. Produced by the Right Way Sports Network and CEO Malik Wright. Be sure to follow the team's social media on Instagram at TWSNet, on Twitter at TWSNet, and on Facebook at the Right Way Sports Network. We want to change the way you view sports and get your information. And there's only one way to do that the Right Way. our podcast we are also on anchor which will direct you to all of our podcasts from apple to spotify if you'd like to catch any of our podcasts go ahead and click the link in our bio and if we'd like to help donate there you can donate on anchor as well to help support the content so let's get right into this we are your hosts jacob adam and justin and today we are discussing the impacts of the coronavirus in the nfl plus how patrick mahomes contract will affect lamar jackson hmm so, who wants to start? Why don't you start us off, Justin? Yeah. Um, so, there's obviously a lot to unpack with uh, talking about coronavirus now it impacts the NFL because it's a, it's a very loaded question. Um, I just want to start off with, you know, how the preseason might go because there's been recent news that, you know, the NFL canceled the uh, first and last week of the preseason and they kept uh, – middle weeks, weeks two and three. Um, but I also read a report that, you know, the NFL PA, uh, the Players Association, they actually don't want a preseason at all. So with kind of what I'm what I'm thinking is this can this sets a precedent for the future for the future uh, years because there's always been debate about the preseason. Like, you know, is four weeks really like is it overkilling it because there's more chance for injury. Um, but then there are other people who say, like, oh, well, these undrafted players need to earn their shot. So I just think it's interesting um, how the league goes forward with this because I don't know if they've considered canceling the preseason or not, but especially during this, uh, you know, the situation, uh, it's uh, definitely interesting how they go about this. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think one of the major implications that a lot of people maybe aren't thinking about and I know it's in the future is, you know, kind of what not this season looks like, but the following season, you know, because there's been a lot of rumors about potentially moving the season maybe to spring from what I've heard, um, you know, playing spring football so that we could have fans in the stadiums. And then, you know, like what, what does that do for the years going forward after that? Because, you know, NFL guys can't just, they're not going to be able to survive on a, you know, a three month off season and recover like the way that, you know, they have been able to in years past, and that's going to, you know, lead to a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I think another thing that could really, really shake up this season, if we do have one, is, you know, for example, like we have, you know, just roughly numbers-wise, you probably have 90 to 100 guys in the locker room, roughly, probably more. You know, what, what happened, like some of the practical issues are, you know, what happens if one guy in that locker room has COVID, you know, I mean, since it's such an easy spreading virus, I mean, the entire team could, you know, potentially get, get the, uh, the virus. And then, you know, what, what happens if multiple guys on one team and that team has to shut down for a week or two weeks, then, you know, that has just massive implications for the entire league. Because the league can't go on without all 32 teams. That also brings up the point where 
the like how Brazilians was thought of it, thought of it as. Imagine if one quarterback in a quarterback room goes down. The, oh yeah. Then you just lose your entire room. That's your quarterbacks are done. Period. No matter how you do it, because they are always going to be oh, yeah. together, and that goes for that goes for every position basically. You one player on that position group goes down, the entire position group goes down. So how are you going to be able to fight that, especially for two whole fe- weeks? Which in the NFL that has a lot of ramifications, and as Ravens fans, we all know how uh, one or two losses can affect you drastically. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like you just said, with the, you know, kind of with the the quarterback room, for example, I think another factor you should think about is, like, the age of the coaches, you know, because, like, a lot of these coaches are kind of, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Um, I mean, for the most part, there's obviously younger coaches, but, and that's kind of the age where, you know, people have been most at risk, you know, so there's so many practical issues and, I mean, there's so many, so many more to talk about, but a lot, a lot of things like this are, you know, reasons why it could be pretty tough to kind of have a season in the fall. Yeah. And, yeah, some of these coaches, they might not want to coach at all. They may not want to go and put their, I guess, you're ba- they're basically risking their life. They're, they're, they're risking the chance that they could, they could contract the disease, and he knows what happens then. I don't think – most of these um, coaches that are a bit older, I don't think they really want to do that. And you can only go so far, uh, you know, doing virtual off-seasons. Um, it's hard on everybody, I'm sure, uh, but especially more so these coaches because now they can't really meet with these players in person. So it's going to be a bit tough, especially for some of these older coaches, like you said. Yeah. And then it's, as you said, it does a whole, like, medical thing. Just in general, whole, a lot of medical problems because MM is the asymptomatic problem as well. There are yep. plenty of cases of coronavirus where you just don't know you have it. And unless you test these players probably once every like week or once a week, as like the MLB is doing. And it's, actually, I was going to go on to this. The MLB is having serious problems right now on getting their tests quickly and efficiently. Like, I think if I remember, like about half the teams in the MLB had to cancel their uh, workouts and their camps today because they could not get there, and it's just a threat. And then there's in the MLS, FC Dallas just canceled from going back to playing soccer because they have a high positivity rate. So if teams get kicked out, how is that going to work? There's a whole, there's so many things to talk about, and that's why this is sort of its own episode of alone, not just a segment. Yeah, and I think another thing that you kind of have to look at, this is kind of beyond the disease part, but, you know, you know, like what, for example, what do the Chiefs do if they lose Patrick Mahomes to COVID? I, I mean, th- this could really shake up, you know, who the Super Bowl favorites are this year, and it's so, like, unpredictable. You know, this isn't really like an, an injury that you can prevent for the most part. I mean, obviously you can prevent it by – you know, staying away from people and, you know, wearing masks, yeah. but, but there still is the element of that not yeah, being so. able, you know, to prevent everything. So, you know, I, I think that this could shake up, like, who really the good teams are this year as well. It, it, it almost comes down to the fact of who gets lucky enough to, to have their star players not get, not get it. Because I, I really feel like if we do have this in the fall, we're pretty much guaranteed – 
to see at least some of the big stars in this league get get the disease. I mean, there's too many variables, too many people, too many places to travel to. I mean, and then you know we go we go on to the topic of will there be fans? Yeah, yeah, and that's also uh, definitely a, a big um, piece of revenue that these teams get is through uh, fan attendance, and um, yep. I'm sure states have will have uh, you know different requirements for um, social distancing or whatever, but there can be some really like long term like cap consequences if um, you know some of these uh, teams can't have their fans attend games. Or if they can, maybe at 50% attendance or 75% attendance. Um, you still um, having that uh, coronavirus. And, I mean, then you also got to think about some of these season ticket holders. And you see a lot of teams uh, recently have been telling their season ticket holders that they can skip the season and have their tickets roll over to the next season. And then now you're losing a ton of that uh, fan attendance um, just not only to, you know, people not buying the tickets, it's just not people not going at all. um, Yeah. Also, um, with fan attendance going down, that is almost inevitable for contracts to go down. Or not contracts, cap space, excuse me. Yeah. Because the NFL's cap space goes up from its profits. And as the profits go up, the cap space goes up. If profits go down, the cap space will go down. And we, as the Ravens team as a whole, are in a vital point where we need this cap space to go up, 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 up. Yep. Because we yep. have a lot of big yep. contracts coming. And this is going to kind of counter in, or counter-react to that. It's going to probably, at least this year, if not multiple years, drop the cap space down. And, well, how, how we're going to, like, adjust the cap space and also this would like also go into Mahomes' contract where originally people thought it was going to be tied to the cap space that might have been might be the best choice of option here if yeah. the Ravens go with Lamar Jackson and tie him to the cap space and to, instead, of, eh, instead of a solid cap number oh no that point that you just brought up right there is is the probably, you know, the ingenious way of doing this, um, yeah. you know, because like you said, we are in such a, a point where we have so many guys that we need the cap to go up to resign, you know, Humphrey, Andrews, Lamar, Stanley, I mean, potentially Judon, but there, there's so many to name. So, you know, you almost wonder if the, if the NFL goes into this new, I, I don't want to, you know, steal Lamar's thunder here, new new era of, you know, tying players to percentage of the cap space, you know, so if the cap goes down, their salary goes down. If the cap goes up, their Mm -hmm. salary goes up. And, you know, that, that could be a really practical way for these next five, 10 years, you know, to really do this. Cause like we've said before, if there's no fans, the salary cap will go down and that will take us at least, you know, at least three or four years to really go back up again. So, you know, I, I really like that idea that you just brought up of tying players to the percentage of cap space. And I, I guess what what sort of what percentage do you think Lamar would get? Um, you know, if, if let's just say right now if it stays the same, what would he get? I'll look something up real quick. Well, and while you I do that, 
Oh, go ahead, Justin. Um, yeah, what I was thinking was that, like, you also got to think about, like, these players aren't dumb. They know that, you know, there might be, um, you know, a recession in cap um, because of this. Mm-hmm. But inflation is always going to go up. And uh, if we sign Lamar to this long-term deal contract, he's going to say, like, well, what happens when the quarterback market price goes up? Um, and that yeah. percentage mm-hmm. really thick because now he's going to want, like, let's say uh, a couple years down the line, that percentage increases by 5%. You know, yeah. I think uh, some of these players are definitely going to think about, you know, like, you know, there's there's definitely going to be cap inflation, and uh, they want to be paid accordingly based off how the market reacts. Yeah. And yeah. the fact – also, for the fact that the Ravens' current cap space is $198,200,000. So, Mahomes is con- And, uh, guys, I, I just want to butt in real quick. I just want to butt in real quick. There's an update on the Patrick Mahomes contract extension. It is now a 10 year extension worth $503 million. $503 million with $477 million in guarantees. This is reported by Ian Rappaport five minutes ago. This that is everything. That makes him the highest paid player ever already, just with the guarantee. Yep. Just yep. in guarantee. Sanity. And also, there's no trade clause. So it's five hundred three <laughs> million. Yep. All right. So well, back to your point. Million. Sorry. It's fifty-three million a year. So, uh, you were talking about the yeah. you were talking go about ahead. the Ravens cap space. Sorry about that. No, go for it. Um, oh, sorry, I, that was me. Um, the rate so the current NFL cap space or the Ravens cap space is two hundred ninety-eight million dollars. So how much of a percentage would you want to take out of that? So, <laughs> if we're going fifty million dollars, with Patrick Grant to go like fifty-one million. So. 51 divided by 2 or 198, that will be about a 25.7 or 25% of our cap space. If you're going to, are we going to link yeah. Lamar Jackson to 25% of our cap space? I, I mean, I, I think Lamar is the kind of player that whatever he wants is what he gets. Um, you know, he's that generational talent that you have to keep. You cannot get rid of him. So, you know, I, I think that 25% is very excessive and sounds crazy. So, you know, if it's at all possible to kind of get it down to the 20% range, then I am all for it. But I think I think it also kind of depends on what happens in these next, you know, these next couple of years on his rookie contract. You know, if – if he really delivers us, if he delivers us the Super Bowl trophy, then then give him the twenty five percent and whatever number he wants. But I, I think you know if we have the playoff woes again, then maybe maybe that number isn't that high. Um, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, totally. I um I think how the next few seasons uh, happen, I think that definitely uh definitely impacts uh, the Lamar contract situation. Uh, you also have to think that there's a few more quarterbacks in line for uh, huge extensions. Um, you got to think uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, he's got not too long before he's got to 
reach a deal with the Cowboys before he has to play under the tag. And you also got to think about Deshaun Watson. Uh, but yeah. these quarterbacks uh, are definitely going to command top money, and you can use these two contracts. I don't know if they'll ever reach the uh, height of Patrick Mahomes, but they're still going to be very sizable contracts. And, um, you know, not only will Lamar have, say, Mahomes to base his contract off of, he's also got how Dak Prescott reacted to the situation and how Deshaun uh, reacted to his. And also, yeah. like you said, uh, if he wins the Super Bowl, give him the money. I don't care. He deserves it because he yeah. got us a Super Bowl. Yeah. But if he doesn't bring us a Super Bowl or he doesn't win another playoff game, I think then that gives us a little bit more leverage in that case because now you got to give him, like, say, like, an ultimatum, like, you need to win a playoff game if you want to make this kind of money. But yeah. um, there's just... Also, I, as you were saying about there are – couple of quarterbacks that are about to get paid before Lamar. Deshaun Watson being the most notable of that bunch. So, yep. that means it's probably going to be more than $50 million, which hurts, hurts to say. Yeah. It will probably be, <laughs> it could be a lot more than that. I don't really know how this will work because there's a – with the whole cap space problem, it would be a lot easier to say – Sean will easily make 55, but with this, I don't think teams are now going to be willing to pay as much as that. Because out of, like, all of those players, Patrick Mahomes is, like, the only exception. I don't care who, what player it is, Lamar Jackson, whatever it is, he will break any barrier of how much number, or not how much number, how much money he will get. I don't care who he, he's just the generational talent of this league. Yeah, and the other factor, you know, that we just said they have to throw in with Patrick Mahomes is that he has that Super Bowl ring. So, I mean, he has all the leverage over the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think like we said, I will, I will gladly take a Super Bowl if for Lamar in exchange for Lamar getting a five hundred million dollar contract. So, you know, I think I really think it could be potentially be a win win. You know. Obviously, I'm hoping more for the trophy and just the more money, but I think pretty much every single fan of the Ravens is as well. Um, But, you know, uh, what what do you think about that, Justin? Sorry, I heard you pitch in there. Yeah. um, Yeah, I feel like that. um, that, Yeah, I I would definitely gladly give the money to Lamar if he wins it. But I think what Mahomes has done that a lot of these other quarterbacks haven't, and no quarterback will ever reach Mahomes' level, um, like, I don't think they'll top them. But if, like, Deshaun Watson wins the Super Bowl uh, while losing DeAndre Hopkins, then, yeah, he has a big contract. Um, but Deshaun Watson doesn't have a Super Bowl. Zach Prescott doesn't have a Super Bowl. Mahomes does have a Super Bowl. And he's so many counter-rookie uh, records, and he's proven that he elevates his team around him. Um, and I think the Chiefs aren't just paying for Mahomes as a quarterback. They're they're paying him as what he does to that team. And then you got to take how that Chiefs how the Chiefs view Mahomes, and you got to think, well, how do the Texans view Watson? How do the Ravens view Jackson? Do they view Jackson as a guy who elevates his team? Do the Texans view Watson as a as a guy who elevates their team? And I think that's kind of the way that these teams have to go. And if they're willing to fork out large chunks of 
their cap space to these quarterbacks, you gotta you gotta think that like are they worth it really? I think Mahomes is definitely worth that. And then I'm gonna ask you guys this because Patrick Mahomes now takes about 25 percent Chiefs cap space. Is Lamar worth that same weight of Patrick Mahomes where? It doesn't matter what wide receiver you have, what running back you have, because your quarterback is so good that he can just build around any talent you give him. Lamar's going to be that equal of level. I, I wouldn't say level, but he will be equal to that where it doesn't matter what wide receiver we have or what running back we have or whatever, that we can spend that much money without having to worry about having to pay those other positions. I mean, I I do believe that Lamar is worth it, but again, I don't mean to keep going over the same point. I think it just depends on if we can get past these playoff woes. Um, you know, I think running back and wide receiver, maybe no, not not wide receiver as much, but definitely running back. It's one of the I feel like one of the more replaceable positions in the league. Um, you know, I mean, we you, you look at Mark Ingram, and he's got definitely one of the more favorable contracts in the league, and. You know, if, if we're throwing that much money into the quarterback position, well, then we'll just have to find value at the running back position and maybe find value at the wide receiver spot. And, you know, maybe have, we would have to continue to draft the wide receivers over and over again. But, you know, obviously that's not a, a huge recipe for success because you're not bound to hit on a bunch of receivers. But I, I do believe that if we were to throw in that much money, then, then we – I mean, obviously the front office would feel like it's worth it. Um Lamar is a generational talent, so I, I I definitely think if you tie up that much money to him, he's he's worth it. But then you know you also have to look at with Ronnie Stanley, how much of how much of our percentage is just tied into two players. You know when Ronnie Stanley's looking to command probably what over twenty two million a, a year, so that's you know seventy five million just from two guys roughly. Um, or 70, 70, 75 million. So, if you know, we were, we're definitely going to have to be. Sorry, go ahead. If we were to sign Ronnie Stanley to a twenty-two million dollar contract, it would be eleven percent of our cap space. That would equivalent, equivalent, yeah, be equivalent to thirty-six percent of our cap space in total for both of those players. Yeah, so you know, we would definitely have to become that a, a team that that finds bargain deals, you know, with, with vets and running backs for the for the time periods that we have those guys, you know, on our team taking up that much cap. Yeah. Yeah. And with Ronnie Stanley, that also kind of brings in a new problem that, you know, you really like Ronnie Stanley and you sold him, and now he's arguably or probably, it's definitely one of the best left tackles in the game. Um, yeah. But I think, like, yeah, like you said, are you willing to put that much investment in just two players and then just hope you can draft them? I don't think that's necessarily uh, the way that the front office would like to go. I think they would like to try and be creative with the numbers maybe and try and dance around Ronnie Stanley. Um, but I think if, if, if we want to keep both Lamar and Ronnie and uh, have relative, you know, respectful cap amount, I think they would, it would be wise to act now on a Ronnie Stanley extension, especially after seeing this. Then now you're going to see a lot of players who start to think like, well, if Mahomes gets paid way this much, then I should get paid way higher than the average for my position. And I think uh, Ronnie might start 
to realize that. So I think you want to act now before any many other players start to uh, want to ask for the uh, chunk more. Yeah. So moving on from the depressing thoughts of how much we're going to have to be paying so many players. <laughs> uh, what are y'all's thoughts on the NFL? Or uh, yeah, on the NFL teams, they are starting to move into a mode where they are having fans want to opt out of season tickets, and which is kind of a, a giving sign that the things are not going to go back to normal this season for the fans. So how do you think that will be an impact for the Ravens? Yeah, for the well, um, I mean yeah. go go ahead, Justin. For the Ravens, um I think it'll definitely be a, a a big blow. Um especially because we were just starting to get uh, a lot of our attendance levels way back after Lamar broke out and whatever. Um and I think that would have really helped the team uh getting a home field advantage. Um if teams have to travel. And I think if if the season was normal and there was no coronavirus, that the home field advantage against the Chiefs would be, like, like amazing. Like, that would have, that would have um, definitely impacted um, the game, I think. But now that we're talking about season ticket holders might leave and attendance levels are, you know, they're probably not going to be at full capacity. Um, then you got to think about, like, you know, now Lamar and defense don't have this home field advantage really that much anymore besides the fact that they don't have to travel. Uh, there's not really a noise factor anymore. And I think that's an underrated part of, of NFL games. And that's why um, the Ravens-Chiefs games are always so close because Arrowhead gets so gets so loud. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore has been getting loud recently, but not nearly as loud as Arrowhead. But regardless, I'm getting off point. Um, without that, without that help, you know, it's just another game, and you could might as well just call it like a neutral site at this point if mm-hmm. there's no noise factor. And then there's yeah, also the sure. proposition where teams actually just play in neutral sites, like how sort of the NBA is doing with Disney, where hmm. once you enter, you are not leaving, and if you leave, you're not coming back in. So. There's a... Yeah, and it, I I think there is kind of one more point to add to that about, you know, GMs and teams giving the options for fans to opt out. I, I, I think there's kind of a subtle thing to look at is that, you know, now that they're doing that, how confident are these teams that there's going to be a season? You know, yeah. you, you wonder if there's this is almost like that. some sort of a, a subtle hint at, you know, hey – this is, you know, we may not have a season, so here, here's your money back. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's so many uncertainties right now just in so many sports, but the NFL especially, since we were kind of, like, supposed to be kind of the the league that kind of went on pace at the right time, and now it's kind of mm-hmm. not really looking like that. And, you know, another point to bring up is, you know, now that this may not happen – I mean, college football may not happen in the fall. What I mean, what are the draft impacts? You know, like do they push yeah. the draft back? Do they, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, because these kids are going to have to. Go ahead. We're 
we're going to be lucky if we even have a college season in general because a lot of colleges like USC already have canceled their uh, like students going to college. And if the students are going to the college, the athletes aren't going to the college. So there's no football. Yeah, and then again, like I just said, I mean, what impacts does that have for a lot of the of these prospects? You know, they don't get a chance to show what they really could in these prove-it years. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think this is obviously such an unpredictable time, but mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest keys is, the key concerns is, I mean, what, what happens with the draft now? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely and, uh, interesting how that, that works out. And, you know, some of these colleges just cancel their football seasons. Now some of these prospects that are going in, they don't have any new film to prove to these uh, coaches yeah. that now they're here for football and they don't have any new film to prove like, hey, I got better or, hey, I produced at the same level. And to some of them, I think they might skip the draft and wait for the next year. And if a lot of these uh, student-athletes follow suit, will you have enough players to run a full seven-round draft? Are you going to have enough players to uh, – know, have that full draft. Is the draft going to have to be shortened, or will there even be a draft at all? Will they skip the draft? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the thing, is you wonder if if these colleges give kids an extra year of eligibility because of this. So now, you know, this season, if we have the NFL season, and then there's no draft, (laughs) I mean, that's just going to have, like, a lot of implications, but it definitely helps a lot of guys that are on the fringe right now of, you know, really keeping their, their jobs and making a paycheck in the NFL. So, yeah. Also, going into the players, as well as the fans, players will probably have an option to opt out the season because I know MLB is doing it. The uh, NBA has done it, and I'm pretty sure NHL will also do it. So there are hmm. a very good chance that there's a number of players that will opt out of the season. I don't know who would quarterbacks being the most notable if any quarterback was to opt out of a season that would have some extreme extreme uh, consequences for that team. So if there were players that were just not playing the season because they they feel that their health is at risk, how could that affect just the NFL or just a single team in general? Yeah, it, it goes back to the back to what I said earlier of, you know, what happens if a quarterback gets COVID? Well, now, you know, like, obviously, I, I don't I don't believe Patrick Mahomes would, would sit out this season. But let's say one that kind of comes to mind that's a bit older and has some kids, so maybe he's at more risk, is Phillip Rivers for the Colts. How, yeah. how much does that impact the Colts' season? Or, you know, maybe even, I, I don't, again, I don't believe this is somebody that would do it, but maybe Tom Brady, he's a bit older, has kids. You know, I, I don't think he would set out, but, you know, I think that would kind of come up with some of the older players, um, you know, since they're a bit more at risk, they potentially have kids. Um, you, you know, I don't, I don't know why I kind of get the sense that the NFL won't have as many guys, pull, you know, not play. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think one of the, the factors is, you know, these guys could wear gloves potentially, obviously, Quarterbacks won't do that, but, you know, a lot of wide receivers could, linemen could, um, you know, a lot of skill positions could, you know, if, if they want to, like, prevent the spread from potentially t- touching the same football. And, you know, that's another practical concern. 
now now what are we doing when when these guys are touching the same football you know for 60 minutes you know and that's yeah. just another another place where this virus could spread because you know you have I, I want to say how how many games balls is there? It's uh, there it's five or it's six. Yeah, you're right, six. I want to I want to say it's six or seven, and you know six. obviously those get re reused very. You know, balls. I mean the whole game, so you know that, that's just another practical concern going on, and and you know I, I guess. You know, I don't know, but for for some reason, I don't see players maybe opting out as much. But the ones I could see happening are coaches. You know, definitely like yeah. I, I don't know. Again, just another name that maybe comes to mind is Andy Reid. You know, a bit older. You know, kind of maybe a little bit more concerned. You know, there there's just so many ifs that we have no idea what could happen. Yeah. 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 Um. And on the topic of, you know, uh, players and coaches sitting out, maybe there's a new language in the contract that they had that, like, if you choose to opt out the season, you're postponing uh, the year of the contract. Like, you're just skipping that year. Like, it's yeah, your role. Yeah. yeah. Um, teams do that. I, I think I think they should, uh, but would they? That's definitely a topic of discussion. Also, you can't – it's not just the players. You also got to think coaches. Coaches are also on contract. So, yep. yes, think about, like, what some of these older coaches, like you said, Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, some of these older guys, um, you know, could they just take that year off the contract and just add it back to the next year? And another point mm-hmm. I want to bring up with the contracts is if if we don't have a season – what do they do about the contracts? Stay the same? Does this year count? Obviously, probably not money-wise, but, like, let's say, does Lamar have one less year on his rookie deal? Or does it just stay the same way it is right now? You know, that's, that's yeah. I feel like, another practical concern that, that'll pop up. You know, because some of these guys, I'm, I'm sure, you know, like Blake Snell, for example, of the MLB, he, he wants to get paid even though they're not playing. You know, so I'm sure there'll be some of these guys that, have that same argument that isn't really valid because if there's no if you're not playing then you're not making anybody any income so you can't get paid but it's just the contract concerns really become interesting because like I just said do you, does it stay in the same year or does it skip a year entirely? Mm-hmm. Also, I want to add another thing that NFL GMs and teams are probably thinking about. Do will coronavirus be considered an injury because for contracts? Because mm, yeah, like, I want to I want to just like um, Patrick Mahomes has an injury clause of 140 million dollars if he was injured. So if he contracted coronavirus, is that 140 million dollars for him? Or <laughs> how? How would that be? Is it going to be considered an injury? Is it is it going to be considered something else? Or are we going to have to make our own cat, a new category for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. like Justin said earlier too, there's going to be such a new language in the contract. You know, mm-hmm. if guys want to sit out, well, then maybe that year changes and it stays on, or you know, the new new injury language, like you just said. Yeah, and with um. You know, you got to think that after all of this, hopefully, goes over, um, the entire nation is going to be 
hopefully a little more prepared for a pandemic like this to happen again. And now the NFL is probably going to have a whole ton of new protocols in place and a whole ton of new contract languages put in place. Uh, but for now, this is where we figure everything out. This is where we try new things and see if this works in the pandemic. It doesn't. Oh, well, let's try a new one. And you, we're, we're just testing a lot of things. And um, I'm sure over the next couple of months, we're going to see a lot of testing of, you know, how contracts will work and, you know, will players be put in a bubble or is there going to be neutral sites like that? That it's just gonna it's gonna be a lot um, of discussion about how to handle this something like coronavirus should ever happen again. Also, another thing I was just thinking about: how will this change the NFL as a whole for years to come? Because I don't. Yeah. I this is sort of like in a less grim way a nine eleven type of situation where the world will never be the same as it is because of this, what has happened. Where, exactly, yeah. Where, like, always, in a, something like this, barely have a foot to your left and a foot to your right of that, without a person being right up against you. Where you are always in contact with someone, always have, like, a bodily threat, a very highly contagious way to contract things, we'll have just so many different things of how will this change the NFL as a whole forever, contracts, players, coaches, seats, everything, basically. Yeah, I think, like I said a little bit earlier in the show, it really affects the timeline as well, especially if this gets pushed back, because these guys have to have a certain amount of time to recover from this gruesome season that they go through. So, you know, obviously this is not ideal for anybody, but I I guess you got to make things work. And, you know, with the NFL, I think another thing that you got to think about, if the NFL shifts its time season, then what do other sports do? Because, you know, like that was always the thing is trying to keep the sports balanced for TV, you know, for TV um, issues and stuff. So, you know, like the the spring sports, they get moved to the fall. So, yep, and because NHL and NHL, NBA, and MLB are all starting. MLB will probably be able to recover because they have a shortened season. But NBA, their season t- typically starts in what, October, late October? And it is July yeah. now. So, yeah. Three months for a break and then go back to it. I doubt the, NF- the NBA's Players Association would ever allow that. NHL, they start in, I think, I think it's November, so, and they should have been out two, a month ago as well. So how yeah, so. To, that is going to bump NHL, NBA, and NFL into basically the same timeline together. The NFL got lucky where their season really ended the second the virus basically started, late February. And yeah. currently they're coming out unscathed, but that's Still remain to be that still remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, you know, you gotta wonder if maybe the, if these seasons do almost a flip. You know, it just completely goes. You know, where MLB is normally played is when football is normally played now, and you know, I mean, that's another practical concern that you have to think about. So, I, I think in the most ideal world, obviously, NFL goes on as planned with fans. 
you know, in in this fall in, in a couple weeks actually, but you know, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, I guess one of the backup plans is you do it with no fans, and then you figure out yeah. how to like stop the the spread of COVID throughout locker rooms, or you know, you push it back to the spring. So, yeah. So I think that's given us a lot of things to think about for this COVID season. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of Inside the Flock brought to you by the Right Way Sports Network. We have to see you the same uh, next week, same time and same place. And don't forget, if you'd like to listen to any of our podcasts, we are also on Anchor, which will direct you to all of our podcasts. We hope you all have a great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen in to our podcast produced by the Right Way Sports Network. Subscribe to our channel for more awesome content and follow us on social media on Instagram at TWSNet, on Twitter at TWSNet, and on Facebook at the Right Way Sports Network. And remember, there's only one way to get your sports news and updates, and that is the Right Way.